0: Setting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our L.A. Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, episode 202 of Rams Up. We're going to be getting into a number of items this week. The final segment of this episode, I'll get back to my player focuses. We took a close look at Warren McClendon last week. This week, I'm going to take a look at two players, one on offense and one on defense. Before we get into that stuff, hopefully you saw my player cutdown episode I had the video on the YouTube channel and the audio on my last podcast. I cut the Rams roster down to 53 players. Cutting players one by one from each position group finally got to that 53. And I was pretty happy with how it turned out. And then I noticed Ramswire's Skyler Carlin did a similar thing. He posted his 53-man roster and I did a little comparison And we were pretty spot on with each other. Four differences. We agreed 100% on our outside linebacker tight end running back and special teams groups. We basically agreed on cornerbacks. He had Sean Jolly, but that was before the Witherspoon signing. And I included Witherspoon instead of Jolly. So I would say we actually agreed there. These were our differences. He had the Rams carrying just two quarterbacks. I had the Rams carrying three, including Brett Rippin. He had one more wide receiver than me. The first six matched up exactly, and then he threw in Lance McCutcheon. I did not. And he had one more offensive lineman than me, 10. He included A.J. Curry, in addition to the nine I named. Defensive line, he had the Rams carrying Deshaun Johnson and Ernest Brown. And I left both of them off and included Lorel Murchison. So I had six defensive linemen. He had seven. He included Johnson and Brown. And I included neither of them in Murchison. And he only carried four safeties. One less safety than me. He scratched Squindell Johnson from his roster. And then he also had one less inside linebacker, carrying just three. I included Jaden Woodby and he did not. But overall, we aligned pretty well, I thought. And I thought Skyler did a good job, disagreed with him on a couple things. But hey, it's July. That's to be expected. So again, the difference is by position group. He had one less quarterback, one less inside linebacker, and one less safety And he had an additional wide receiver, offensive lineman, and defensive lineman. Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports ranked the NFL coaches 1 through 32. And he had Sean McVay coming in at number 4, which I think is fair. In his 7th season with the Rams. A career record of 60 wins and 38 losses. Playoff record of 7 and 3. One and one in Super Bowls. That's pretty impressive. And he pointed out that a lot of people would probably knock McVeigh down if they fell victim to recency bias, given that the Rams went 5 and 12 last year. But Benjamin obviously recognizing that was due a lot to injuries, calling him still one of the cleanest offensive schemers in the NFL. He had Bill Belichick still at number three, and Belichick's legacy is taking a little bit of a hit. A career record of 298 wins and 152 losses, but check this out. Without Tom Brady, under 500, 63 wins and 75 losses. So his overall winning percentage, 66%, with Tom, 75% winning percentage, without Tom, just 46 percent. So hey, don't get me wrong. Bill Belichick, in my mind, is the greatest NFL coach ever. But we maybe need to pump the brakes on him being this infallible genius of a coach. I think he is on the defensive side. I don't think he's the greatest GM. I don't think he's the greatest drafter. But without Tom Brady, not that impressive. But he has been able to figure out as a defensive guru, how to shut down some pretty potent offenses, namely the Rams twice in Super Bowls, unfortunately. Not a good time to do some of my regular features, loop around the league, LA roundabout, who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed, but I threw together another set of my fearsome four questions. Four questions that I will provide the answer to. Fearsome four question number one. Who will lead the Rams in sacks this upcoming season? Well, there's a few candidates, the obvious ones. Aaron Donald, maybe Byron Young steps up. I'm going with Michael Hoyt. He's a known quantity. You know he's going to be in a position to get some sacks. And hey, he's got the skill set, that's for sure, apparently slimmed down and is going to be an edge rusher. And right now, you'd have to call him our number one edge rusher. So I will go with Michael Hoyt. First one for question number two, which NFL team would be the most disappointing this year? I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Last year, I was on the other side of the coin. Seattle was predicted to, I think the over-under on them was six and a half wins. And all year long, I pumped up the Seahawks. They were going to be better than that. Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks would find a way to win eight or nine games, and they did. This year, it's kind of a reverse situation. Everybody's falling in love with the Seattle Seahawks. I feel pretty much the same about the Seahawks as I did last year. They're going to win seven, eight, nine games, and that's probably it. Just too much love being thrown at the Seattle Seahawks. They'll have trouble making the playoffs. Good team, but a little bit too much love for them at this point. First four, question number three, which Ram rookie will be the most surprising? I'm going to say Zach Evans. I've seen people putting him on all rookie teams already, so I'm not alone on this. This guy is super talented, just needs to get his chances, get his opportunities. And somewhere along the course of this season, he will They're not going to be handing Cam Akers the rock 25 times a game. They're going to be mixing in Zach Evans and Kyron Williams. And I think Evans is going to really produce... We're going to see some really great flashes from this guy. And another reason, remember, Cam Akers will be a free agent. So the Rams have a vested interest in finding out what Zach Evans can do. Of course, I thought Kyron Williams was going to get a bunch of touches, especially late last year. So... I wasn't exactly correct on that. Fearsome 4 question number 3, what will be the Rams record against the NFC West? I'm going to go 3 and 3 on this one. I think they have a good chance of sweeping the Cardinals, I'm not saying they will, but they very well could, and I predict they will split with the Seahawks, maybe get a win against the 49ers. I think 3 and 3 is a reasonable prediction. And that will be good enough to potentially get them to the playoffs, by the way. If they can go 4-2 and two in division, they will be a playoff team for sure. But 3-3 three and three is my answer. Before we move on to our player focus segment, how about Jaime Jaquez? The forward out of UCLA. Hey, I love the UCLA Bruins basketball team, and I love Jaquez. Someone predicted him going in the first round, and I has poo-pooed that idea. No way. Second round, if he gets drafted at all. And there he is, getting drafted in the first round by the Heat, and in his first NBA Summer League game, 22 points. Man, good going. Way to represent UCLA. Three Bruins got drafted, by the way. Hakez the first one to go. Rumors are that the Heat may be showcasing him and packaging him in a trade to the Portland Trailblazers could happen. We'll see, but glad to see a UCLA Bruin already making his mark. I know it's just a summer league, but still, nonetheless, that's a very good sign for him. Up next, our player focus segment. One player on offense and one player on defense. We'll take a close look at one of each. What's your legacy? Miami Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at MiamiDade.gov slash plasticfree305. Hi, this is Mariah from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Wanted to continue our player focus series. And this episode, I'm going to talk about two players, one on defense and one on offense. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Oshon Mathis, the 6'5", 260-pound edge rusher out of Nebraska via TCU, a six-round pick by the Rams, pick number 189 overall. What do we know about Oshon Mathis? What is he going to bring to this team? Is Oshon Mathis going to be able to contribute to the Los Angeles Rams in 2023? So let's take a few moments to get to know O'Shawn Mathis. Played high school ball in Texas, Redshirted a year at TCU, started all 12 games as a sophomore, 40 tackles, 9 for a loss, 2.5 sacks, second team all Big 12 in 2020, second team again in 2021, posting 7 tackles for a loss, tying the team lead with 4 sacks, At 45 total stops, and he also broke up three passes. So he transferred to Nebraska in 2022. His production fell off a little bit at Nebraska. He started twice in 12 appearances, had 50 tackles, five for a loss with three and a half sacks and two pass breakups. What's the deal with O'Shawn Mathis? Well, he's got long arms and big hands, regarded as a plus-plus athlete, has a great burst, super athletic, reviewing a bunch of various scouting reports on Oshon Mathis. The deal with him is he apparently has an NFL caliber spin move, for what that's worth, and a great motor. Needs to get a little bit stronger, especially at the point of attack, and the run game relies on his athleticism to recover but sometimes not as strong at the point of attack as you would hope. And his great motor, his great motor really helps him a lot, allows him to get back into the play. Now that can work in college quite a bit. In the NFL, it's a completely different deal. He can't rely on his motor to recover. He needs to win at the point of attack in the run game. Struggles to shed blocks, needs to be in space. And Nebraska made a point to create space for Oshon Mathis, getting him unblocked in a lot of situations so he can get at the quarterback. Very good at getting around the edge, but he really needs to be in space out on the edge to really thrive. I stumbled across a YouTube channel, a guy named Draft Brian, pretty good channel, and he takes a close look at collegiate players, and he had a little bit on O'Shawn Mathis. What Brian does is he takes a look at five plays by a player and tries to quantify what type of player this is and what he brings. He showed five plays by Mathis all at Nebraska. Nebraska lined him up typically near the right tackle, usually as a five or seven technique up against the right tackle, maybe inside the right tackle on the tight end. And he showed his five plays Oshon Mathis, really demonstrating speed and explosion, had a nice little swim move. There was one play where he beat the right tackle, probably would have had a sack, but the right guard was free and chipped him. Another play, had the speed to get around the corner, but did not have the hip bend to close the deal and get to the quarterback. But again, he recovered with his motor and got in on the play. Another one, a stunt and loop, like I said. Nebraska liked to set up plays where he could take advantage of his athleticism. And play number three on this video was just that, stunting inside and getting the sack and getting the half sack anyways. The last two plays Brian showed were both against the run, freeing himself from blocks and using his motor and athleticism to get in on the run plays. Doesn't miss tackles, according to Brian. If he gets his hands on you, he's going to make the tackle. So that's why I think maybe he's going to start out as a special teams guy. That would be a really advantageous trait on those teams. Eventually, a situational pass rusher that would seem to be in his future. One thing about Mathis is he has really stayed healthy. Injury-free for pretty much his entire college career. Rams drafted him on his pure athleticism and his potential to be something special coming off the edge on passing downs. That's what I think. And a little trivia here for you. Other players drafted 189th overall. Two guys by the Rams. We probably wouldn't know who they were if they were not Rams. Tanzel Smart, the defensive lineman, drafted in 2017. And Eugene Sims in 2010. And Sims turned into a pretty decent player. So Oshon Mathis, I think he probably makes this roster. He's going to be in a dogfight with a guy like Daniel Hardy, I think, for one of the final roster spots, a six-round draft pick. I think the Rams are going to try to find a way to keep him. If he's put on the practice squad, he will probably get scooped up by someone. Daniel Hardy, O'Shawn Mathis, who you want, your guess is as good as mine. But the one thing Mathis has on Hardy is Mathis has stayed healthy, and Hardy has not. I think Mathis makes this team. So let's talk about a player on offense. And, you know, we talk about all these tight ends, the four tight ends battling for three or four roster spots on this Rams roster. And we forget about a guy named Christian Sims, the tight end out of Bowling Green, undrafted rookie, six-two, two-four-three. Is there even an outside chance that Christian Sims makes this team? Probably not, but if someone gets dinged up, Christian Sims does bring something to the table that's worth taking a look at. And hey, I just feel bad just totally ignoring some of these these bottom 30 or 40 guys on the roster. I know nothing about Christian Sims, or I knew nothing about him, and I thought the least we could do is take a look at some of these guys. I know, probably not going to be a ram for long, But let's take a look at Christian Sims. 6'2", 243. He had 45 catches for 458 yards and two touchdowns in his final season at Bowling Green. That led his conference at the tight end position. I looked long and hard for highlights on Sims. And the only thing I could find, I didn't really look that long to be honest with you. But there was an impressive play against UCLA. A 22-yard catch and run at the Rose Bowl. Sort of a center screen, and he really used his blocks well. He finished that game, however, with just four catches for 33 yards. NFL Draft Blitz had this to say about him. He's of the mold of recent tight ends like Irv Smith and Isaiah Likely. Undersized to play in line effectively, but much stronger playing out of the slot as a big receiver. An F-type pass catcher. Now, I think he's kind of similar to the former Bowling Green tight end that preceded him, current Buffalo Bills tight end, Quentin Morris. The thing about Christian Sims is he might be the best Rams tight end when it comes to carrying the ball, having the ball in space. He's very athletic in the open field. And that UCLA play, if you find it, kind of demonstrates that. Love Tyler Higby; He's great on some of the screen plays. Davis Allen remains to be seen. Bryson Hopkins, more of a bulldozer with the ball in his hands. Hunter Long, who knows. But Christian Sims, really good with the ball in his hands, very evasive, can really pull away from people in coverage as well. So he does bring some things to the table that are a little bit enticing. Again, not going to make the roster unless someone gets hurt. Could be a practice squad candidate. Now, if the Rams only carry three tight ends, that would mean Hunter Long or Bryson Hopkins could potentially be on that practice squad. A 16-player practice squad, would they carry two? Probably not. But if the Rams did end up carrying four tight ends, which I think is very unrealistic, very doubtful, then maybe Christian Sims ends up on the practice squad. But just thought I'd talk about one of these unsung guys that brings it every day. Hard-working guy, high-character guy from what I have seen, trying to make an NFL roster. And there are some things to like about him. Let's see what he can do in the preseason. He'll probably get lots of action. Actually, our four tight ends, other than Tyler Higby, I think our four tight ends are going to be in a battle out there. Hopefully Sims gets his chances. Because with Davis Allen and Hunter Long trying to prove themselves at the NFL level, hey, remember between the two of them, one catch in their careers, Davis Allen and Hunter Long, and then there's Bryson Hopkins, the forgotten tight end. Hey, he shows up in Super Bowls. That's about it. Not his fault though. But hopefully, we'll see a little bit of Christian Sims in the preseason. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com Till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track drive. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. USA Scientific works side-by-side with you to provide high-performance tools for your next discovery. Get your free sample today at usascientific.com slash mastertools.